You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. We continue our examination of the seerah, the biography of the Holy Prophet Previously, we discussed the excommunication of Banu Qaynaqa. Basically, they broke the treaty that they had signed with the Prophet They harassed a woman, they were mobilizing people to fight the Muslims and they were really threatening the national security of Muslims. So the Prophet ﷺ, to avoid bloodshed, to avoid a big scale war, he asked them to leave the city of Medina and they did. When the Prophet ﷺ returned after you know exiling them after the, it wasn't really a battle, there was no fighting, but the Prophet simply exiled them. After this incident, the Prophet ﷺ stayed in Medina for the entire month of Shawwal. So these are the events after Badr. So Badr was which is in which month? Ramadan. In the second year of the Hijrah. The battle of Badr happened in Shahar Ramadan, the second year of the Hijrah. Once the Prophet returned, the whole incident happened with Banu Qaynaqa. For about two weeks it lasted until they left their forts and the Prophet exiled them. Then after that, the Prophet stayed for the month of Shawwal which is the month after Ramadan, it's the 10th month in the Islamic calendar. He stayed in Medina and also the Al-Qa'da, the 11th month. Then after that, Ghazwat al-Sawiq took place. Now the Prophet during this time, after Badr until the Al-Qa'da, remember the, the Muslims captured 70 prisoners of war, the Prophet freed all of them. So within the next two months, the prisoners of war would be freed. Then an interesting battle, which wasn't really a battle, it almost led to a battle happened. If you remember Abu Sufyan, after the battle of Bad and the big loss, the big number of casualties that Quraysh sustained, he made a vow. Remember what his vow was? What vow did he make? Well basically he banned people from crying. He told them you cannot cry on those who died at bed. But personally what? Exactly. He made a vow that until I go to war with these Muslims and seek revenge, I will not sleep with any woman. I will not sleep with my wife or any other woman. He made that vow. Now the guy got stuck. You know days are passing by and he made this vow publicly and now you know apparently he couldn't resist his desires so he's like I need to find a way to fulfill my vow. So basically he mobilizes 200 fighters with him and they go to a place to a mountainous area called Nept. It's around the city of Medina. So he comes close to the city of Medina. Now at night he enters that area and he visits Bani Nadir. Bani Nadir were a Jewish tribe. 
he goes and he knocks on the door of Huyay ibn Akhtab. He was one of the leaders of Bani Nadir, a Jewish leader. He knocked at his door. He's like, open the door, let's talk about these Muslims and how he, we can kill them. Huyay ibn Akhtab, he's, he got scared. He told him, no, I've signed a treaty with the Muslims and the Prophet that I would not undermine them and you're their enemy. So I, I can't. So he leaves him. He goes to Salam ibn Mashkem. Salam was the leader of Banu and Nadir. He knocks at the door, he's like, I'm Abu Sufyan, I'm your friend. You know, you don't like these Muslims, I don't like them either. Let's work together to destroy them. What does he do? He opens his door, he's like, yes, you're welcome. Let me tell you about the Muslims. I've gathered intelligence and here's how you can attack them. See, he violated the treaty with the Prophet When the Prophet signed a treaty with Bani Nadir, what conditions were to be observed? You don't side with the enemy, you don't give them sensitive information, and you don't welcome any of them to, to Medina. What this guy, this Jewish leader did, he welcomed Abu Sufyan and 200 fighters to his area, to his neighborhood. So it really tells you how re they broke the treaty with the Prophet And oftentimes when these Orientalists sit and they try to judge the Prophet, they don't talk about these details. Okay, you have a leader there who's inviting 200 fighters to Medina and he's giving them secret information. That's a violation of the treaty, of the document, of the constitution that they signed. You think the Prophet should, yeah, just welcome them, I'm Nabi al-Rahmah, let me welcome you, no. People will be killed. So basically after he sees him, he went to Abu Sufyan and his 200 soldiers, they went to an area called Al-Ariz. They found one Muslim from the Ansar and one person who was an ally to him, so two people, and they were in a farmland. So Abu Sufyan, he raids them, he kills them, and he burns their house and their farm. The house that belonged to this Muslim from the Ansar and his ally. He burns their house, he burns their farm, then he realizes, okay, you know, the Muslims are going to find out. So he runs, scared for his life. And he considered that act as fulfilling his vow. He's like, I made a vow that I will not lie with any woman until I seek the revenge from the Muslims. Well, I did it. I killed one of them and I, dost I destroyed his property. So he considered that as a way of fulfilling his vow and he left. A man immediately reported this incident to Medina. The Prophet came with a number of his companions to pursue Abu Sufyan and to chase him away. He manages to escape, he goes back to Mecca. Now when Abu Sufyan and his warriors were fleeing, because they were so scared that the Muslims will catch up, they had left behind some bags of sawiq. Sawiq in Arabic basically it's a type of food that was prepared with flour and palm dates. You could say it's a, it's a type of dessert. It was very valuable, they had brought it with them, but because they were in such a rush to escape the Muslims, they left those bags behind. So when the Muslims came, they took possession of these bags and they you know, took it to themselves as spoils of war, let's say. This is why this incident is called Ghazwat as sawiq the battle 
of the desert, the battle of the Sawir. The reason is because the enemies, they left those bags behind and the Muslims took them. So remember, no battle actually happened because he managed to escape and he went to Mecca, but he did kill one of the Muslims. So this is one of the events that happened after the battle of Badr. The second event that happened out of, after the battle of Badr is the Ghazwa of the Amar, the battle of the Amar. Again, no battle really happened, but a battle was about to happen. Basically, when the Prophet returned from this whole Sawiq incident with Abu Sufyan, he stayed in Medina for the remaining part of the Hajjah, the Qa'dah and the Hajjah. Then the Prophet heard that there is a tribe in Najd, which today is like the middle part of Saudi Arabia. There is a tribe called Ghatafan. And they were mobilizing the people around Medina to invade Medina and destroy the Muslims. The Prophet, he heard that they're plotting. So in order to protect the, Medina, the, the people of Medina, the Prophet mobilized his people to go to Ghatafan to block them from completing their plot. The leader of Ghatafan was a man by the name of Du'thur ibn Harith al-Muharibi. He was the one who was overseeing them and he was in charge of his army. The Prophet set out with 450 of his companions. So a big number of companions actually came out more than Bad. Bad 313, this time 450 and they had a, you know, a number of horses with them. Now when the enemies, Ghatafan, that big tribe, they saw this man came with 400 fighters and they just achieved victory at bed, like you know what, we're not going to fight. So they fled, they fled the area, they escaped and they're like, let's not fight. Now, one of them was taken as a prisoner of war. He came from the tribe of Banu Thalaba, his name was Jabbar, the Muslims captured him. He was brought to the Prophet in the presence of the Prophet, he says, Ya Rasulullah, you know, I will not plot against you and I actually become Muslim and he said his shahada. So the Prophet says, okay, we've spared you, we're not going to fight you. Now, what interestingly what happened at this incident, the Prophet he was passing by when it started to rain. So the clothes of the Prophet became what? what? Now the Prophet, yeah, the, the, the rainwater made the clothes of the Prophet wet. Now the Prophet on one side there was the valley of Amar and on the other side you had you know the Muslims and to that side you had the enemies from Ghatafan. The Prophet found a tree, he went under that tree to rest for a moment in order for his clothes to dry before he would move on and go back to Medina. As he was resting under the tree, the soldiers from the tribe of Ghatafan noticed the Prophet is by himself, all alone, no one around him, under the tree waiting for his clothes to dry. So they told Du'thur, their leader, what are you waiting for? Don't you see that he's under the tree all by himself and there's no one to protect him? Take your golden opportunity, go right now and kill him and get this over with. Du'thur likes the idea, he says, I came, I took my sword, 
I went towards the Prophet he was lying down under the tree, I stood before him, he sneaked up, you know, towards the Prophet, he's like, I stood with my sword in my hand and I put the sword over the Prophet, I told him, who will save you from my sword, O Muhammad now? The Prophet told him, Allah will save me. He witnesses, he says, I bear witness that I felt someone pushed me and took the sword out of my hand. The Prophet later explained this was Jibra'il. Jibra'il came and he defended the Prophet. So he was, you know, um, he was stricken with fear. His, his sword fell from his hand. The Prophet got up, he took his sword, he put it above his head. He told him, Du'thur, now who's going to save you from Muhammad? You know what he said? He told him, your rahmah ya Rasulullah, your rahmah and your mercy will save me. The Prophet said, yes, my rahmah will save you. The Prophet didn't seek revenge. Remember, he came to kill the Prophet. Believe me, had this been any other king, president, warrior, he would have finished him off immediately. But the Prophet says, yes, my rahmah is going to save you. He found the akhlaq of the Prophet so mesmerizing, Du'thur becomes Muslim, he embraces the religion of Islam, he says the shahada, he goes back to Ghatafan, his big tribe, he told them, look guys, this guy is really a Prophet. He explains to them what happened, how the Prophet spared him and he didn't kill him, and he invited them to Islam, many, many of them became Muslim. By this one incident, subhanAllah, let's see how akhlaq is instrumental. When you show mercy, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes Islam and delivers it to their hearts, and so Du'thur, he goes and he preaches for Islam. So many people that day embraced the religion of Islam because they saw their leader Du'thur embrace the religion of Islam. Allah, after this incident, Allah revealed verse 11 of Surah Al-Ma'idah. Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu, O people, O you who believe, udhkuru ni'matallahi alaykum, remember the blessing of God, over you, إِذْ هَمَّ قَوْمٌ أَنْ يَبْسُطُوا إِلَيْكُمْ أَيْدِيَهُمْ فَكَفَّ أَيْدِيَهُمْ عَنْكُمْ Remember when a group of people, they were about to strike you and fight you, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected you from them, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not allow them to hurt you. And peacefully the whole thing ended without a battle, without a war. So this is one of the incidents that happened after the battle of Bad by a couple of months. Any questions on this? Well basically news reached the Prophet that the tribe of Ghatafan are mobilizing people around the city of Medina to raid Medina, invade Medina and kill the Muslims. They were conspiring with neighboring tribes because remember these people were you know idol worshippers for the most part. So they did not accept the religion of Islam, they had heard that this guy is bringing a new religion, a cult, something like that. So basically they mobilized their forces to come and uproot the Muslims. The Prophet heard that. So the Prophet decided, you know what, we need a preemptive move over here. If we wait till these guys come, they'll really inflict harm on us. So the Prophet set out with 450 people to block them from reaching Medina. So when the Prophet met them in the desert, they were on their way to Medina, the Prophet's now out with 450. When they saw the Prophet with 450 warriors, they're like, you know what, forget it, this is not worth it. So they were struck with fear, they fled. But then once they saw the Prophet sleeping under the tree by himself, they told Du'thur, their leader, you know what, 
The Prophet is now by himself. Why don't you go and kill him? At least let's kill him. That's when this incident happened. And this is called the Ghazwa of uh, the Amar. If you want to document this uh, Ghazwa, this battle, remember when we say battle, it means the Prophet left with an expedition of Muslims. It doesn't mean that an actual war took place. So no war took place. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as He says in the Quran, Allah spared you from this battle, but it's called the Ghazwa of the Amar. Because that valley was called the Wadi of Amar. He was the leader of their tribe, correct? Yes, Duhthur was the leader of their tribe, yes. Exactly. So when he became Muslim, you can see how most of his tribe also followed suit and they became Muslim. This is Surah Al-Ma'idah verse 11, in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, remember how I changed you know the situation so quickly and I spared you from the battle? This is the ni'mah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this ni'mah was manifested in the akhlaq of the Prophet Had the Prophet killed him, Probably his people wanted to seek revenge and there were a bit of skirmishes here and there and it would not have ended peacefully. But the Prophet right off the bat, right on the spot, he forgave him. He was so moved by the forgiveness of the Prophet, he became Muslim and so many people from his tribe became Muslim. And his name was Du'thur.